Praise God. What a great introduction to my message today. Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to begin with verse number 8. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 8. I feel like the Lord is going to help us in a wonderful way today. I think He already has. But when the Word of God is confirmed in our heart, that's what gives us the strength to stand. It's not what happens in the emotions of a moment, but it's what happens in the heart of faith that holds us up. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 8. By the way, tonight is going to be a very special night. Our Heritage Choir is singing. I am so thankful that we have a Heritage Choir. Amen. And some of you may think, well, we're just going to sing a bunch of old songs. Well, I got news for you. The old songs brought apostolic revival, just like the new songs inspire. If you know what you're singing about, it makes all the difference in the world. When you're singing about the blood and the power and the name, you just can't go wrong. But I'm going to be speaking tonight about landmarks, so please be mindful of that this afternoon. Hebrews 11, verse number 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whether he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob and the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city whose builder and, or, or who hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, therefore, sprang there even of one and him as good as dead so many as the stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them from, seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. 
Hallelujah. By faith, Abraham went out. He obeyed, not knowing, not knowing. I want to talk to you for a little while this morning about what living by faith really looks like. What living by faith really looks like. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. There's an interesting verse of Scripture in Romans chapter 4 that I have read, but I have never read. Romans 4 and 1 says this, What shall we say then that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? What has Abraham found? What did Abraham discover? What did he find out about walking with God that helped him persevere through so many different unexpected and unknown things? How did his knowledge of God affect his position and what was gained by him in the living of his life. It is all discovered when you go back and read his story again. And Hebrews 11 gives us a thumbnail synopsis of the life of Abraham. Our text inspires me, even when I read it to you this morning, of the powerful principles that are encased within its teaching and what it encourages me toward. God called Abraham, and the word called in the Hebrew literally means he invited him. And Abraham took up God's invitation and thus began a journey in truth and odyssey of life for this man and his family. And Abraham's story is certainly one of faith, but it was much more than that. It deals with the working out of faith in a person's life. This journey and what sustained him would become the cornerstone of the New Testament believer's life. It helps me when I read his story and I understand that he is the father of the faithful. It helps me to better understand what I am involved in and what I am living with at this present moment. When you read Hebrews 11, you read the pantheon or the theater of faith and If you read it carefully, it will speak volumes to you. In verse number 4, you will find where faith begins. And in verse number 5, you will see what the character of faith looks like. And in verse 6 and 7, 
you will see what the end of faith results in. But in verse number 8, beginning with Abraham, you will see what the life of faith consists of. And you will see the substance and the subsequent trials that will come against the man or the woman that chooses to live by faith. You see, it's one thing to say we are people of faith. It is an entirely different thing to live by faith. And I mean actually live by faith. I'm going to help you with the actually today. I'm going to help you with the real life, the real faith, all right? I'm going to help some of you understand that where you're at right now may be a wilderness, but it's still in the will of God. And it's where God directed you. And don't ever argue with where God directs you to go. Amen. Amen. Well, you'll get that one after a while. Now, I'm not going to preach to confuse you, although I'm very capable of doing that. And I'm not preaching to cause you to question. I am preaching today to help you understand. Because some of you don't understand what you're going through right now. And you're confused. It is this working out of faith in our life that we often struggle with. It is the working out of faith in our life that really puts us to the test. Because when you live by faith, sometimes you have to live without other things. I mean, if you know, is that really living by faith? So if you're going to live by faith, You're going to have to understand that you may have to live without certain things. You're going to have to learn that you can live with certain things. Like a thorn in your flesh. (laughs) I don't want to digress, but. If you live by faith, you can go without knowing. You can live and you can live productively and purposely and still not ever arrive at your destination. We say that we live by faith. But when we know everything ahead of time, that's really not living by faith. You see, this is the sticky part of living by faith. Faith can only be exercised in the element of the not known or the unseen. If you can see it, Who needs faith? If you know it, who needs faith? 
So some of you right now that are questioning things that you don't understand need to understand that that could be and very likely is part of God's process of working out your faith in your life and that he's trying to teach you to learn how to lean on him and not be frustrated by what you're having to live through. Because you're going to have to live through a lot of stuff to get to where you want to go. Amen. You see, faith is exercised about things that are not seen. The unknown. And here is where life really tries to take the faith out of us. And here is where life truly, really tries to challenge our beliefs and it begins to question our mentality or it questions our passion and it makes you wonder about whether you were called or if the calling of God is real. And it's in these kind of moments that we begin to struggle with doubts about whether God really meant what was said or was that for somebody else or did they have me mixed up with somebody else did they just say that or did the word say that to me and and was he confused about who lived at that address and so we begin to doubt and fear the future of what life may be because we don't see things as clearly as we would like to see them we 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 don't understand everything that we feel like we should understand and in our text is a story about what walking with God looks like it's what walking with God really looks like and sometimes it's not real pretty it's not it's not talking in tongues and seeing angels sometimes You have to live with silence. Sometimes you have to live for a season with a barrenness. Sometimes you have to look at life and realize that time is passing by and age is catching up with you and you're not as young as, and if God's going to do something in my life, surely he better get with it. And we keep watching the years tick away and wonder, I have news for you right now. God knows how to use a hundred year old person just like he knows how to use a 10 or a 20 year old person. Get over your age. Age means nothing with God, but walking with him means everything. God can do great things in your senior twilight years that will blow the mind of everybody around you. Abraham's life was forever changed and turned upside down by one conversation a visitation from God and a call, an encounter that set him on a journey that was to become the symbol of every man's journey of faith. And when it comes to God being involved, there's no greater life that you could study than the life of Abraham. He was captured by great promises, a vision, 
of an enlarged life and blessings that would be multiplied. Blessings that would multiply. Family that would multiply. Riches that would multiply. And yet in his present moment, everything seemed to contradict that. There's a famine in the land. And this is in the way. Or that problem is a part of the equation. And this issue and and this situation. And, and then look at what God's trying to work through. An old man and an old woman. Pardon the terminology, but I have news for you. They were old. They even confessed they were old. So I'm not being disrespectful to them. But something, something came into Abraham's life when he obeyed God. I'm going to tell you something about obedience. Obedience is the most powerful thing that anybody in this building can practice. Because obedience is what opens your life to what you need to sustain you, to pro- what you're going to have to go through in your life, and what you're going to have to endure your li- in your life. And what was equipping him in that moment was the fact that he was willing to obey God, and he went out not knowing where he was going, having no plan to travel by, having no GPS, only the voice of God to direct him, only the hand of God to point in which way he should go. But But he went out not knowing because obedience had equipped him with something internally that I can trust this voice. I can trust this God. I can trust this one that's speaking into my life. And so he relied and he let his whole life lean on and stand on what God put in him because he obeyed. I'm going to tell you why some of you cannot break through is because you're dealing with a spirit of disobedience in some area of your life. God has spoken to you to go to somebody and forgive them or go to somebody and release them or go somewhere and do something and you have yet to obey God and because of that your blessings are being limited and the hand of God cannot be released in your life. But if you will ever come to the place of humbling yourself before God and say, God, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to be, that's what I'm willing to do. And when you obey Him, something opens in your life that releases a power that will strengthen you throughout your entire journey. And I don't know of any other place that you can get that kind of power. Obedience is so important that God said, I would rather that you obey me than offer sacrifices to me. Now, some people are willing to empty their pockets and give God their last penny, but they won't give him their will or they won't give him their desire or they won't give him their plans or they won't give him their future. They want to manipulate all that themselves. They want to work all that out through themselves. And the fact is, when you come to God and you say, God, I surrender to you, you are stepping into a realm of possibility that only obedience can open to you. This isn't even in my notes, but I feel the Holy Ghost right now. 
And when he obeyed, you can go out not knowing, but you know. Amen. And so great was God's pull on his life that he was willing to do whatever God directed. The trouble is that once he began that journey, the first thing that happened in Abraham's faith was an act of faith. He embraced God's word and he received God's word and he believed God's word. But from the point of acting on faith, he had to transition to living by faith. And that is where life gets ugly. That's when you start running up into all kind of uh, obstacles, impossibilities, problems, issues, troubles. Amen. So acting in faith is one thing, but living in faith is a whole different ballgame. And when you start having to live in faith or you start trying to live in faith, you start encountering all kind of problems like your age and your wife's barrenness and all of the other things that that he encountered in this journey, the famine that he found himself in after having first... Wouldn't you be a little bit dismayed if God spoke to you and said, All right, I want you, Brother Dwayne, I want you to take your family and I want you to move to Timbuktu and didn't explain why or give you any reason. Now, if God spoke to me like that, I'm thinking when I get there, something great's going to happen. But when Abraham got there to the promised land area, there was a famine. Now, what's wrong with that picture? And there's some of you that are moving in a direction that God has had you pointed, but the closer you get to it, the more it looks like a wilderness. And God, did you really, is this really where you wanted me to be? And so the first mistake that Abraham made was thinking that if God called me there, he couldn't provide for me there. So he goes down to Egypt to, to survive. I'm not, I don't know how God viewed that, but I know he did kind of mess up while he was down there and had to fib a few about some things. Some people call it lying, but people in our culture don't think that word's quite Right, so I'm saying he fibbed. He lied. Yeah. And yet, when he left there, the first place he comes back to is an altar. Why? Because Abraham knew he had gotten off track. And the altar is the best place to get back on track, folks. I don't know if you've realized that or not, but... (laughs) 
The altar is still the best place to get a turnaround going in your life. If you're moving in the wrong direction, if you're making wrong decisions, if you're doing dumb stuff, all you need to do is make a trip to the altar and sincerely begin to pour yourself out before God and God will redirect you and point you back where you should go. Amen. Praise God. And so there's a famine. And then it was trouble. He started having family trouble. Isn't it amazing when you really start trying to live for God how family problems start popping up? You start having headbutt contests and will struggles and how, how, how does that work out? How, how does this figure into this faith stuff? How, how does, how does this make sense? I'll tell you how it makes sense. There's always going to be something that's going to try to stop you on your walk of faith. And sometimes it disguises itself and you don't realize what it is, but the underlying motive is just to frustrate you enough that you'll turn around and go back to where and just just live where you were. You know what's amazing to me? I'm jumping to the end of my... But what's amazing to me is that in all the things that happened to Abraham, all the stuff that happened, not one time, did he ever think about going back? Read it. It's in Hebrews. Not one time, even though he had opportunity to, he never turned back. Why is it so easy to turn back? Because we know what's back there. But we don't always know what's up there. And real faith can only be found when you don't know. Real faith can only be discovered when you are in a place and you just have to scratch your head and say, you know what, I don't understand. I don't have a clue. I just know that this is where God directed me. This is what God said. And so I'm just living by his word. I want to tell you something. It's a lot better to live by the word of God than to live by anything else in your life, your feelings, your emotions, your friends, your family, what other people might say, what Facebook might say. It's a whole lot better life to live by what God says about you than by what anybody else says about me. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and give Him praise. You can be seated. He said, against hope, against hope, he believed in hope. And you know how he did it? By living On what was spoken to him. Who being weak. Who being not weak in faith. I should say. He considered not. There's some things that you need to quit putting so much weight on. 
He considered not his own body's deadness and Sarah's barrenness. He refused to allow those two things to become part of the equation of what God was trying to work out in his life. Because if you ever interject either one of those, God's promises will never be fulfilled in your life. Because you start relying on you and you stop leaning on him. And so he considered not his own body. He just said, no, we're not talking about that. It would be great if some of us would quit talking about some stuff. Because we all we're doing by talking about it is continuing to give it life. Now, I'm not talking about a person or what somebody said. I'm talking about in our own life. When when you continue in your mind to rehearse certain things, your failures, your shortcoming, you are continuing to give it life. Even though you repent in one breath and then you bring it up in the next, you continue to breathe life into that. And until you learn how to shut your mouth and quit breathing life into those things, they're going to continue to live. They're going to continue to harass you. They're going to continue to be dogging you, they're going to continue to show up on your doorstep. They're going to continue to pop up in your email and on your Facebook. Push that delete button. Push that call block. Come on, I'm going to talk to you a little bit. I'm talking about how real living by faith really Looks. Some of us think living by faith is just talking in tongues every service and shouting around, jubing and jiving around here. And, and, and man, praise God, hallelujah, blah, 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 blah. And then we walk out. <clears throat> and so Abraham is, is having to wrestle with all these. He staggered not at the promise. Here's what I get out of that, brother Odo. That God, what God spoke in him blew his mind. Now, me? You, you talking to me? Yeah. I'm talking to you. No, no, no. You, you, you must, you must be my brother. No, I'm talking to you, Abraham. I'm talking to you, Abraham. The promises, what God spoke into his life was so great and so powerful that it was almost mind-blowing, mind-boggling. And yet, as wild as that was, as crazy as it sounded, as far-fetched as it might have seemed to some people, the Bible says that it didn't stagger him. He didn't shake it uh, under one ounce of its weight. He embraced it. Because his feeling was that if God said it, God can do it. Amen. Amen. And this is what I, Romans 4, 17, says something powerful about this man. And that was that God called him a father 
before he ever fathered a child. God is going to speak things over your life that at the present moment may seem impossible, but if you live into them through faith, God will bring it to pass. He will cause what He said to happen. It will not fail because He cannot fail and He can call things before they are as though they were. And so what God's trying to do, God already sees the end. He knows what the finished product of your life is going to look like. He's just trying to get you to cooperate with Him so He can get you there. (laughs) Hallelujah. And that cooperation means walking by faith. Amen. Now I know some of you would like for me to preach about something else that's not so personal, but... This is where God sent me. God calls you something before he makes you something. And he calls you something to help you understand your potential. And then he has to work you through the pathways that will bring you to that promise. And so Abraham decided to live. Listen to me. Not on the basis of what he couldn't do. He couldn't father anybody. I mean, he's, when the promise came, he was 90. By the time it was fulfilled, he was 100. And Sarah complicates the equation because she's barren. It didn't matter what happened. She wasn't giving birth. So instead of him living on the basis of what he couldn't do, he decided to live on the basis of what he could do, and that was just trust God. Trust God. Now that word's very tricky because it, it, it's vitally important to our spiritual survival. And it literally means that you put your entire weight on something. I am not trusting this chair when I am standing beside it with my hand on it. And some of us, that's, this is our spiritual stature with God. We're with, we, we got our hand out there. We, we feel him. He's there. But we're not depending on him. The only way that I am truly trusting him is when I put all of my weight on him. And the only way I'm up here, I'm not levitating, folks. The only thing that's keeping me up here is the integrity of this chair. And the only thing that's going to keep you is the integrity of God who cannot fail and a God who does not lie. And what he has spoken, he will not go back on. Has he not said it and will he not do it? That's the promise that you and I have to learn how to live with. And to live with that promise, we've got to learn how to stand so completely in him that we rely on nothing else to see it fulfilled. Amen. I'm going to hurry. All right, I'm going to go on to my next page. 
I, I'm going to skip around. He, okay, let's just get down to the brass tack. Here's what, here's what living by faith really looks like. And I've already said it. It's knowing, or it's not knowing, I should say, but still going. It's not knowing, but still going. You see, the unknown is a troubler to all of our lives. I don't like surprises. I don't like mysteries to some, to, to, to that kind of degree. I want to know where do you have planned? Where are you taking me? What are you, which way are we going? The most frustrating part of your life is when you're in the car with your spouse and you're going somewhere and you're trying to find directions and they're not communicating. Say it ain't so, wives. Say it ain't so, husbands. You afraid to speak up today? You talk about a fight, a war. We like to know. None of us want to just get in a car and sit down and where are we going? I don't know. What are we going to do? I don't know. Where are we going to stop? I don't know. I'm cool with that. I'm going to enjoy the journey. Maybe that would help some of you this morning if you'd quit stop, uh, quit stop. If you just stop being frustrated about what's not working in your life and just learn to enjoy the journey that God's hand is on your life. He's not going to leave you stranded. He's not going to abandon you somewhere. He's going to fulfill his purpose in your life. If you would just let him do the driving, he'll get you there. What we don't understand, or really use, I just don't understand. I cannot tell you how many hundreds of times I've had people say that to me. I just don't understand. Is that clock right? Oh my. I've been enjoying myself too much this morning. We may have to put a, a PS on this and a part two. We begin our journey with all the excitement and hope of any traveler. But we soon run into hard, challenging, difficult, threatening circumstances. The call to great things will not come down any other path, but the pathway that leads through disappointment and setback and discouragement Frustration, opposition, hardship. I wish I could say that all over again, but the Holy Ghost just put that in my mouth so I can't repeat it. So you better, you better get it. Amen. I have news for you. You can live without knowing. You can Live without knowing, without understanding, without having the end, without knowing what the end is going to be. Number two, Abraham embraced the promises 
in the midst of his struggles and troubles. Right in the midst of all of the adversity, Abraham is embracing God's promise. That is what living by faith really looks like. It's embracing promises when they seem so absurd that somebody would would guarantee you must have eat too much cereal before you went to bed last night to even have that kind of fantasy. Amen. It's not a fantasy. He's old. She's barren. <laughs> I don't need to say this, but I need to say it. But they tried. And the fact is, the reason some of you are where you're at right now is because you've quit trying. You've quit trying. You've quit trying to make the effort. You've, tr- you, you've, you've quit trying to do this thing. You've quit trying to live this life. It's just too frustrating. But anything that's worth having is going to lead you through some frustrating places. And that's all part of the process of helping you understand what faith is all about and what faith can do for you when you really understand how powerful that faith is in your life. Stand with me right now. The key to living by faith is where you're looking and what you're looking for. Amen. He did not waver. He did not stagger. He did not go back because he looked for a city. He looked for a city. Amen. For he looked for a city which hath foundation, whose builder and maker is God. You know what? When you really know how to live by faith, you can see the city while you're living in a tent. You know, some of you right now would do yourself a favor, and I don't know why I'm having to say all this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Some of you would do yourself a favor. If you'd go home and you'd walk into your house and look around and say, Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Some of you are unhappy right now because you're looking for the next best thing and the next best thing is tied to this thing right here. And if you can't see the city while you're living in a tent, you wouldn't appreciate the city if God gave it to you right now. The U.S. Navy's Basic underwater demolition SEAL team are called BUDS, B-U-D-S. It's a training program that is considered one of the most grueling in the world, but it produces the most elite commandos on the earth. BUDS training is such that 
It is pushing the human body to its extreme limits. And the trainees, this is what you and I have to understand, that these trainees, these cadets, can quit any time they feel their suffering has become unbearable. All they have to do to end the misery is ring the bell that stands in the center of their training compound. And by signaling that, the instructors know that they've had enough. At the University of Texas, May 17, 2014, Admiral William McRaven told students about the constant temptations offered by the presence of the bell. Ring the bell and you no longer have to wake up at 5 o'clock. Ring the bell and you no longer have to do the freezing cold swims. Ring the bell and you no longer have to do the runs, the obstacle courses, the PT, and no longer have to endure the hardships of training. All you have to do is just ring the bell. But he said in closing, if you want to change the world, though, you will never, you will never ring the bell. They had opportunity. They had opportunity to go back. But I'm going to tell you something right now. Living with God in a wilderness is better than living without God in luxury. Living for God in a tent is better than living with for God living without God in a mansion living with God working at McDonald's is better than living without God as the CEO of some big company because money can't buy you everything and by the way I I had to be stopped yesterday on the freeway because of a funeral procession that was going by. And do you know what I did not see? I did not see a bank vault pulled behind that hearse. Must have been an important person because they had about 40 cops that were involved and 40 patrol cars that were blocking off traffic. I thought, man, this must be the president of the United States coming. And then comes the hearse. And I'm not making fun. I'm not making fun. I'm just saying there was no train behind there carrying the wealth of that person because scripture says you brought nothing into this world and you're not going to take anything out of this world but only what you stored on the other side and what you're storing over there is taking place right now 
And it's learning how to live with what I have until I get what God has promised. And it may take me longer than I thought. The fact is, Abraham lived all of those years. And the only thing he had at his death was a grave. You don't need to go anywhere. It's raining outside. Hey, all that he had after all those years of being faithful was a grave. It had not come to pass yet. But it did come to pass. And I'm just telling you right now, I know I'm going long and you can go out as quick as you get ready to when I get through. But some of you are struggling right now living for God because you don't understand and you don't know. And there's you're confused if God had this plan, if God had my 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 will or, or my life in his will. Why is it so frustrating? Why is it so confused? Why do I have all these problems? Why am I battling all these health issues? Why am I fighting these financial struggles? They're all part of a journey. And you're not really walking in faith until you're doing this with Him. And when you're doing this with Him, you can live without knowing. You can live with a thorn in your flesh. Paul prayed three times, God, please take it away. I'll be a better preacher. I'll be a better saint. You won't hear me crying so much. God said, don't worry about that thorn. You just rest in me. Nowhere in scripture do you read where God ever took the thorn away. Evidently, he lived the rest of his life with it, but it never made a difference in his life from that point on. You know, there's some things, if you can understand what they're there for, they're there to help you find a power that you could not find any other means. And if you can learn how to live in that and embrace that and appreciate that and quit fighting that thorn, God, I don't like this, I don't want this, take this away from me, and start learning how to embrace what God's plan for your life is. I'm through. Come on, let's pray. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we need you today. Forgive me if I've injected too much of myself, Lord. Forgive me, Lord, if I have taken over today, but I I just wanted to speak your will to your people. And I pray right now something would be awakened in the heart of people in this building right now. Something would be stirred in the mind and the spirit of people who are struggling and they're going through things that they don't understand and they're confused, Lord. If they could only understand that you're there, that you're with them and that you have not abandoned them and that you can take them through this journey no matter what adversities come, no matter what they face, no matter what they see, no matter what they have to endure. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You made a way, Lord. You're making a way right now. You're making a way right now. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.